The reading is taken from Revelation 3, verses 14 to 22. To the church in Laodicea, to the angel of the church in Laodicea write, these are the words of the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the ruler of God's creation. I know your deeds, that you are neither cold nor hot. I wish you were either one or the other. So because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I am able to spit you out of my mouth. You say, I am rich, I have acquired wealth and I do not need a thing. But you do not realize that you are wretched, pitiful, poor, blind and naked. I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire so that you can become rich and white clothes to wear so that you can cover your shameful nakedness and salve to put on your eyes so that you can see. Those whom I love, I rebuke and discipline. So be earnest and repent. Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with him and he with me. To him who overcomes, I will give the right to sit with me on my throne, just as I overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Amen. Thank you, Emily. Lord, thank you for Sam. Thank you for all the preparation that he has put into this. And I pray that you're going to give him clarity as he expands God's word to us. You're going to give us recipient hearts for the seeds of your words to be planted and to give fruit for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Good morning, everyone. Um, nice to see you all. Uh, for those of you who don't know me, I'm Sam. Sam Marcus Vega. Uh, Emily, my wife, just read. I've got two children, uh, Jack and Anna. Um, I'm from Peru. Surname, Marcus Vegas, Peruvian. Um, I came to England when I was two, hence the lack of accent. Um, and um, I'm a teacher. I teach in Bristol. I teach five to six-year-olds. Um, I felt like I, I couldn't not mention the football. Um, I'm, not, I'm not massively into the football. I, I do enjoy it. When, when there's an international thing going on, I'm I, I definitely into it. I'm, I'm quite happy with how Emily and Anna are really into the football. And yeah, we get into it as a family. Um, I'm assuming we all watched the semi-final. Amazing match. I'm not going to lie. I struggled to stay awake, maybe even watch it. I'm actually really sad about the results. Um, obviously, being Peruvian. Um, but the Copa America is very hard to win, especially when Peru are playing Brazil. Um, but yes, I'm obviously looking forward for today, uh, for this evening, uh, this evening as well. Um, I've really been thinking about what to preach from, and this passage came to me. I've been focusing about hearing God, about us hearing God, what it is that he's saying. I was really taken about him knocking on our door. That he's there, 
And we need to listen. We need to be attuned to that knock. Uh, before, before we get into it, I, I would also like to pray. Lord God, thank you so much. Thank you so much for everything you give to us. Thank you, Jesus, for dying so that we can have a close relationship with you, God. Lord God, I just pray that you fill this place. You fill our hearts, you fill our minds. So that we can focus on what it is that you have to say to us. I pray that any barriers that we might have, that we might put actively or subconsciously, that, we, that they just get pulled down. So that we can see you, we can hear you, we can encounter you here today. And Lord God, I would just pray that I speak your words. And anything that's not from you gets put aside. Amen. So, Revelation 3, this is, um, this is a message that was sent to Laodicea, so it's quite an intense passage. There's a lot going on there. It's quite hard-hitting, um, and sometimes when, when we hear something that's quite hard-hitting, it, it can distract us, and we forget that actually within that, it's full of his love and full of his promise. And we have to have them both. So just a bit of context, um, John was writing uh, some letters to the seven churches in Asia, Asia Minor, which is in sort of Turkey, and uh, this, this letter was going to Laodicea. In all of the letters, it has uh, sort of five things. It, it mentions Christ, there's commendation, there's a rebuke, there's exhortation and a promise. Now, looking at this letter to Laodicea, if you compare it to the other ones, it's actually the only one that doesn't have a commendation. And it's a bit like, oh, they've kind of been told off a little bit here. It's quite hard to be told off. Um, as a teacher, you get to do the telling off sometimes. Still get told off sometimes. I'm not always massively organized. You know, and I need to be reminded about that. That's always hard to hear, young, as, a, as an adult or as a child. But let's not forget, it's full of his love as well here. Let's go back to Laodicea. Again, a bit of context. Um, it was a place that had a lot of resources. Um, I think there was a, like a medical school there. It had medical, medical supplies, including eye salve, which was mentioned in the, in, in the passage. It traded in cloth. Um, it was in a good location. So there was a lot of money coming in. And as a result, as a place, it was very self-sufficient. So there was an example of this in the fact that uh, there was an earthquake and uh, the Roman Empire was able to give them money to help rebuild. But they said, actually, no, we're right. We can sort out ourselves, we don't need that. They were very comfortable. And this attitude was one of the city, but also seemed like a culture that also went down towards the church. Now, I just want to focus, because we're talking about hearing God, so 
I'm going to jump to verse 22. It says, look, I stand at the door. So this is a picture of God, of Jesus, knocking on the door. I've got, um, I've got this like sort of little pet peeve of uh, if an alarm goes off and someone doesn't turn the alarm off, it really nags me, it really kind of gets at me. Uh, I won't mention any names, but there's a, there's a particular person that sometimes their alarm goes off in our family and just lets it run. And eventually the alarm will turn off by itself. I remember the first few times this happened, I was just a bit like, could you turn that alarm off? And uh, a reply was, you know, oh, it's going to turn itself off eventually. <laughs> yes, yes, it does. I was kind of a little bit more in tune with that alarm. And, and you know, that's fair enough. It will turn itself off. It's, it's a lot better now. Still needs a bit of reminding. You have to be in tune with that sometimes. You have to be in tune with what is going on. And also the passage says, it's not only just look. I stand at the door and knock. There's an exclamation mark. It's like, look, look, I stand at the door, or here I am. It's a reminder that Jesus is here and he wants to be with us. He wants to have a relationship with us, a close relationship. He doesn't want us just to know him. He wants that close relationship. He wants to share a meal with us. Not just a meal, a feast. And I think it's at these moments I have to remind myself we're talking about God. This is, this is creator, almighty, God almighty, creator of all things. And he wants to spend time with us. And that's an honor. And again, let's not forget why. It's because, because of Jesus that we're able to do this. Because Jesus took our sin that we are able to have him with us, to feast with us. So how does, how does he speak to us? How do we hear him? How can we keep an ear out for him? Well, we can hear him through the scriptures. I think that's really important to remember, the living word. We can always draw back to the living word. We can also hear him through people, through our family, through people in church. There can be prophecy, healing. He can speak through dreams when we're praying, through testimony. There are many ways that we can hear him. Sometimes we need to be in tune with that. Sometimes we need to be active with that. But let's not jump the gunner here. Because the passage does say, if you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in. It, it, it's, it's a very much an active thing to do. We have to open that door. It's not a passive act. We have to be proactive with this. But let's go back a little bit more. Let's think, well, wait a minute. Why is the door closed? This is a message to the church. These are to people that know God, that know Jesus. But the door's closed. So I go to this and I think, well, well, why? 
These are established churches. People could look at that church and think, that church is doing well. That church is being self-sufficient. But whose eyes are you looking through? Are you looking through the world's eyes? Or are you looking through godly eyes? Heavenly eyes? What lens have you got on? And I, I constantly want to be aware of what lens I have on. But it's important that you see through what God is saying in a heavenly way. Sometimes it doesn't make sense, but you have to log into God, into what he's saying, how he sees things. This is where he starts talking about this lukewarmness. Now, it, it, it's relevant to the church, because, uh, to the church of Laodicea, because the water source for Laodicea was quite far away. It was, I think it was like six miles away from, from the place and had a long way for it to go. I imagine it was very hot. This lukewarm water is very much something that I'd imagine they experienced before. If, you get, if you're really hot, you turn on the tap and you have lukewarm water, it is just not nice. Imagine if you were really hot, you went round to someone's house and you asked for a glass of water and they gave you some lukewarm water. I, I don't know if I could handle that, to be perfectly honest, but I guess that politeness would make me think, I don't know, maybe I wouldn't say anything, maybe I'd just like take it. But in the passage, it says that he'll spit it out. I think that's really important to remember. It's something to keep that in mind. In verse 15, it says, I know all the things you do, that you are neither hot or cold. I wish you were one or the other. Now, I just want to remind you over here, it says, I know all the things you do. Let's not forget, we're talking about God, he knows everything. Not just what we're saying, or how we're portraying ourselves, or what people think of us, he knows us really deep down. So we have to be honest with ourselves over here. We have to really dig deep, so that we can truly be honest with ourselves in what God can see in us. He says, I know all things you do, that you're neither hot or cold. I wish you were one or the other. Now, Laodicea was a place where they had those garments. They, they traded in cloth. They traded in eye salve. And this was, uh, this was part of the message that was sent over. It was hinting that the church was relying on its own strength. And Jesus is saying, forget what is of the world and listen to me. He was sort of saying, ignore the gold that you can get, but get gold from me. I can offer you white clothes. I can offer you salve for your eyes so that you can see. Now, those people that live there, they would be thinking, well, we've, we've got that stuff. But in the passage, it's saying you're naked. Now, obviously, they're not. 
But again, it's reminding us that we need to see things through his eyes. See what he's really saying. We need to rely on him. Not of things of the world. Jesus sees us for who we are. And it's important that we pay attention to that. Jesus says, listen to my voice. I've died on the cross so that we can have a close relationship with him, so that we can sit on the throne in victory, so that we can have his riches, and we're not relying on our own riches. What he can provide for us is far greater than anything we can get from here, from the world. And the struggle is it doesn't always feel like that. But we need to remember it. Remember in John 10.10, it says, Jesus reminds us that he has come to us so that we may have life and have it to the full. He means that, to have life to its fullness. And this is not a worldly fullness. This is a godly fullness. We cannot be of the world and of God. There is no in-between. We're not thinking about us and how we might put up with lukewarm water. God cannot do that. He spits it out. We have to turn from this lukewarmness. So recently I was talking to Emily, I think it was yesterday, about me being a teacher. And I, I feel really blessed. It was a long journey to get to that point where I was a teacher. And I felt like it was God telling me to be a teacher. And that's a real honor to be able to step forward in that place, knowing that you're being obedient and you're doing God's will. I'm still doing that now, I'm still teaching. But actually, when I was reflecting on this, and when I was talking to Emily, I was thinking, actually, at the moment, I'm struggling. I do call to God for help, especially when I'm low on energy or patience. But actually, I'm not being fully reliant on God. God wants far more than what I'm providing at the moment. I need, to, I need to show more of God's love to people at work and to the children at work, not just survive. I realized that actually, I think I, think I am being lukewarm at work. And that's really difficult because I try so hard and I do listen to God and I do try and do his will. But I need to dig deep and be honest with myself and think, actually, 
if I really give myself to God and if I really rely on God, what does that look like? And when I get to that point, I realize that actually I am in that place where God's knocking on that door. He's there. <clears throat> I know he's there. I need to let him in and feast in there as well. It can be quite, hear uh, quite hard hearing him knock on the door. We live in a busy world at a busy time. It's a lot of external pressures that we have, a lot of social pressures, internal pressures. We put a lot on ourselves, I think. Sometimes we do it consciously, sometimes we do it subconsciously. But I really feel like it's getting more and more difficult as there's more noise going on around us. And there are so many things. You know, I'm thinking, our jobs, I mean, that can, at least for me, can easily overtake a lot of my headspace. Our hobbies, our family, our extended family, just keeping up appearances, obviously social media. There's so many social expectations that you might have or that you might take on. All of these things can be distractions from us hearing God or being in tune with God. And it's really difficult to tune in on that. It's easy to forget how loud it is around us and how active you have to be to turn that down and to focus on God, on what he's really saying. And if you do struggle, again, remember, it's important to keep on going and turning back to scriptures. There are a lot of books and things that can help you but he'll always be there in the scriptures as well. It's important that we remember that and focus on that. So, Jesus detests this lukewarmness. That's difficult. Okay. So I can hear him knocking. This lukewarmness has put him outside of that room, but I can hear him knocking. How do I open that door? This is where we need to act. It's not a passive exercise. And let's not forget that there's an encouragement that we can buy from God. We, God has this, so many resources that are never ending. We can just take. From him and he will give to us but we need to be honest and we need to turn from our indifference we need to turn from our lukewarmness and we need to be we need to try and find out where we're being lukewarm so that we can turn from that because god can see us for our full potential you can see us far greater than we can see ourselves or how your parents might see you if they're encouraging or whoever it might be. He can see us for who we could be. 
But it's only through God that we can be there. Like I said, he wants us to live life to the fullest. So we need to be aware as to what he's saying. And we need to be aware that our attention's on him, not of the world, the flesh, or the devil. We need to see where he's challenging us so that we can continue growing, so we can continue being closer to him. And that can be difficult. I was um, talking to Jack not that long ago, and we're talking about reading. Um, and I don't, I, don't know, I don't know about you guys, I, I find it very difficult to read. There are various reasons as to why I won't get into it. I do find it difficult to read, and I need to be in the right headspace. And for me, it's a lot easier to watch TV than it is to read. It's a lot easier to play a game instead of reading. Even though reading is good and I enjoy it, that's kind of my default. I need to be quite active. I need to really have put myself in the right place to be able to read. I'm, I'm thinking, we need to watch out for that. Because what's easier? Listening to what God has to say to you or to live life? Again, I don't know about you, but for me, it's easier to live life, and I think that's almost my default. I have to go out my way to hear him. I'm taking a little bit further. What's easier? To praise God or to hear how he is challenging you? And to be honest, for me, it's far easier to praise him than to hear him how he's honestly challenging you. That's something we have to do proactively. Now, I'm thinking about God and my teaching and maybe that's why I'm being lukewarm. I need to be honest about that. I need to give it to the Lord. I need to say sorry. I need to bring him in so that I can feast with him. In the NLT it says, be diligent and turn from your indifference. Show that nothing is more important than living right. Change your hearts and your lives so that we can feast with him. We can feast with the Lord. He can be with us. We can be friends with him. We can spend time with him. And we can have that close relationship with him. That's what he wants from us. That is his invitation to us. And what an invitation to be with him, to be in tune with him. And that is his promise. That is his promise to us. And that is the promise in the land.